Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you go for your podcasting fix. Now on today's episode, I'm being joined by a previous guest of the EM360 podcast. I got Jamie Hutton, CTO at Quantexa was here last year talking about the advantages of entity resolution. This time he's joining us to discuss the dangers of the enterprise data decision gap based on the findings from Contexas 2021 Global Data in Context Research Report. So Jamie, welcome back to the show. Thanks Max, great to be back. Great to have you. How have you been? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty crazy additional year um, post-COVID, but it seems to be continuing on. But I have to say from a context a perspective uh we're, we're doing reasonably well and the company is uh, is flourishing excellent stuff that's what we want to hear so maybe before we dive into the questions for the listeners who missed the last episodes and they missed out on a treat so we'll make sure we link that down below uh could you give our listeners a little bit of a refresh on yourself and what context has been up to this year of course yeah so uh i'm jamie hutton i'm cto here at Quantexa and one of the co-founders um we've had a very busy year over the last year what we uh really focused on, I suppose, for the first few years of our existence as a company was uh, entity resolution network analysis, specifically to find financial crime. But what I'm very pleased to say over the last few years is we've really broadened right outside financial crime and we've got a a lot of customers who are using us for many different things across uh, things like credit risk, customer intelligence and customer insight, right through to actually the data fabric and uh, really providing a single entity view across all their data. And I guess that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. That's what we're going to dive into, exactly. Um, because, as I said, the report that you guys released, the Global Data and Context Research Report, has a lot of interesting information in it. And we're not going to get to everything in the report, so we'll make sure that we have a link available for our listeners uh, in the description down below. But let's start off with uh, the elephant in the room of what kind of jumped out the most. So you guys reported that 95% of organizations suffer from the data decision gap. So what does this mean and why does the entire enterprise really need to kind of wake up and address this? Yeah, so the data decision gap really is uh, essentially an issue that we see almost every enterprise uh, facing at the moment. And it's been born out of, a, I guess, a growing challenge of uh, data, which is obviously continuing to explode. um, And there is more and more data being made available across many, many different channels and systems. And the data decision gap is the fact that essentially organizations struggle to trust the data and make strategic decisions based on top of it. And really, it is choking the value out of the enterprise data asset. Essentially, there's a huge amount of value in that data asset. But organizations are struggling to actually uh, actually uh, make real meaningful decisions out of the back of it. Definitely. And this is something that needs to be kind of capitalized on sooner rather than later. And we'll touch on that a little bit later in the episode. But the old adage is, you know, data is not slowing down. We're getting more and more every single day. So the quicker we can understand this and reduce that 95% is going to be so imperative. And another part of the, the study, obviously, was that the, the 
the decision data gap affects the C-suite in kind of three main ways. Could you kind of elaborate on those and the implications? Yeah, of course. You know, we uh, we did a, a great survey around this with uh, with some some of the C-suite, and um, there were really three key things that were brought out. One was around sort of compliance issues and regulatory scrutiny. Uh, that could be things like understanding uh, your risk to things like money laundering or fraud. Uh, but actually, we're really seeing the regulators hotting up on things like uh, data quality and making sure that organizations have uh, a really good understanding of their data is something we've started to see regulatory fines for. So that really is a great example, a great almost definition and case study of uh, the data decision gap. The second thing is um, around missed customer experience opportunities and customer retention issues. So again, if you really don't understand who your customer is across all your data touch points, then you're not going to be giving them the best experience. Um, so that was the second key one. And then the third one was around uh, increased workload on the business due to manual data work. And ultimately, this just results in wasting valuable resources on time-consuming you know, data manipulation tasks rather than the things that actually differentiate uh, the organization, for example, the interesting analytics would be a much better place to spend uh, the time rather than just uh, trying to fix data. 100%. And, you know, all of those that you kind of mentioned there, the compliance issues, the customer experience, the manual data workload, all hover between the, the 42 and 47%. So pretty high at the end of the day. We're not talking about kind of low numbers here. It's And these kind of issues that when you talk about compliance, do you think these come down to lack of man hours or focus being dragged elsewhere that kind of causes these numbers to be so high? Well, I mean, in the compliance space, we've obviously seen some uh, pretty large fines around this uh, very specific issue. And I don't just mean money laundering fines, which of course have been around for a while, but there are a number of uh, recent examples where uh, where large enterprises have been fined for literally not understanding who their customer is across all their data sources. It's a, it's a really interesting example. So that one was, a, a, you know, a very, I think it was the top one in our survey at 47%. And I guess part of the uh, the fines, et cetera, is, is causing that to, to to bump up to the top of the uh, the list. But as you rightly say, actually, the other two were, were not far behind. They were both uh, in the 40% as well. So, uh, yeah, it's across a number of areas, isn't it? Very much so. So it's um, interesting to see how those kind of numbers come about and we'll have to kind of watch and see obviously next year how how those can kind of be brought down. And, and as we've kind of been saying here, it's it comes down to understanding the issues and building a plan around it kind of going forward. So an, another element that obviously is interesting is when you kind of delve into the actual data data foundation, because having that robust data foundation, it inevitably equals better decision making or at least we hope it does we'll just say that so what are the key components of a strong and meaningful data foundation from from your guys perspective yeah sure so i mean i guess the first thing is we see uh, lots of enterprises looking at data in silos and uh, that is certainly problem number one and i guess alongside that is partly the underlying data might be inaccurate or incomplete but by being unable to bring it together, you can't actually solve those problems. The only way to really solve the inaccuracy and incomplete data challenge is to actually bring in more data and resolve it, uh, connect it together. So that's really the first bit, which is really important. And then I guess from our perspective, a really robust data foundation 
relies on understanding the context, the context behind who your customer is, who your uh, customer supplier is, for example, really understanding that context around those customers. And something that we, I suppose, uh, talk a lot about in the industry is what we call networks or network analysis, where we're not just looking at who the customer is, but understanding all their relationships to all the other data points and all the other entities within uh, the system. So for us, that is the sort of key data foundation. And what that essentially allows organizations to do is make more accurate and more trusted decisions. So a strong and meaningful data foundation ultimately uh, ends up giving you better and accurate, more accurate decision making. Mm-hmm. Which is extremely important as we kind of drive forward and especially going into a new year with with new plans and uh, everyone kind of coming forward from that perspective. Do you also, because one thing I want to kind of clarify for the listeners, whether you are a major organization, you're a startup, you're an SMB, whatever the case may be, it's never too late, is it, to kind of get on this journey. The data foundation can be built and can be improved upon throughout the life cycle. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And um, one thing I'd also add to that to sort of emphasize it even further is sometimes sort of people say, well, I, I don't want to uh, or I'm unable to to achieve this sort of view of my data because of poor data quality. And they almost put a... Uh, a roadblock up which says I've got to fix my data quality before I can actually understand the context around it and make decisions on it. And I I suppose we fundamentally uh, disagree with that proposition, which is you'll never solve the data quality challenge. There will always be data quality issues. What you need to be able to do is extract the maximum possible understanding out of the data that you currently have. Otherwise, what you'll end up doing is spending years and years on data quality programs, which ultimately uh, don't actually end up solving some of the key underlying problems that you're facing. So that's not to say, of course, there shouldn't be a robust data uh, data sort of plan in the background, but you certainly don't want to make it a prerequisite for doing a lot of the things we're talking about. No, exactly. You don't, you don't want to be two steps behind when you can be doing overall things to try and improve the, the quality of the data and the quality of the business at the end of the day. That's what it leads to. And Obviously, when when we're kind of talking about this and, and when we were going through the research, looking at questions that we can kind of pull out of this, it was it was kind of emphasized quite repeatedly that organizations really need to implement contextual decision intelligence in order to manage those three biggest players in the data decision making. We're talking our data foundation, the contextual analysis, and the automation element. So why is this particular approach hailed as the silver bullet to closing the data decision gap? Yeah, well, I guess it, it sort of comes down, if we go back all the way to the data, you know, you might have 10 different sources all sitting in silos in all different parts of your organization. And the first point is you want to bring this together. And that sounds like a really simple thing to do. You know, we've had data lakes have been around for 10 years. Um, but actually what we saw was these were almost just turning into data swamps where loads of data was being piled into a, a storage area and no one was actually able to extract any value from it. So the key first thing to do is bring it together, join it together. And that actually isn't as easy as you might imagine, because unfortunately, not every data source has a really nice key that you can join it on. You know, if you are talking about Jamie Hutton, the customer, unfortunately, I could be represented in about five or six different ways across five or six different systems. Um, some I might have one customer ID, another one I might have a totally different customer ID, but actually I'm the same person. So almost the, the first step in this is really trying to understand who the people are, who the businesses are, who, what the addresses are, all the real world entities that are mentioned in all of these underlying data sets. 
that allows you to firstly get your single view. And that is kind of step one in the process. And then I suppose when we talk about contextual decision intelligence, it's more than just a single view because it's about understanding those entities in the context of all the other data points within your enterprise. Again, I mentioned we talk about this so using sort of network analytics to, to do this. And that's really important because it now not only just allows you to understand who Jamie Hutton is, but who he relates to. And that actually allows you to make more accurate decisions. And I suppose that's where the, uh, the sort of eye comes out in contextual decision intelligence. It's this intelligence that then feeds into your decision making. It, it allows this context of entities and networks to really make more accurate decisions, no matter whether you are looking for criminals right through to trying to make uh, decisions about a uh, customer experience. So all the way through the, the cycle. Definitely. Do you think there's an area that organizations get tripped up on more than any other, or is it just the current load of data in their organization? I mean, I think at the moment, really, unfortunately, organizations are just struggling with both volume and and uh, scale and quality. So they're really struggling with this ability to, to tie data together. And they can do it when it's easy. And in some respects, that's fairly obvious. If there's a nice single key to bring everything together with, then then enterprises can, can do that reasonably easily. But unfortunately, the real world is just not, it's not structured like that. I'll give you a very simple example. Imagine third-party data. You know, if you want to be able to bring in corporate registry data and, and watch list data, well, there's no nice key that you're going to be able to join that to your customers with. So really the key here is to be able to do that process, which disambiguates and tells you exactly who everyone is, what their context is across all data sources, be they both internal and external. Very, very true. Um, so that leads me on nicely to my last question. And let's talk a little bit about Contexa and uh, let us know what you guys are doing to really help organizations to kind of harness the power of data to drive what we've been talking about, that trusted decision making. Obviously, there's not a universal kind of roadmap for all of this, but is there any kind of words of advice you'd pass on? Yeah, I mean, our um, our report talks about the journey from data chaos to in the intelligent enterprise. And it, it, it's a multi-stage journey, but uh, if I briefly go through them, you've got the connected data stage where it is essentially trying to understand the entities within those data sources. I've talked a lot about that during this podcast. Uh, it's then about being contextually aware, about understanding the relationships between those entities. And it is that that allows you to make contextual decisions. And contextual decisions is ultimately uh, what delivers improved uh, business decision making. Once you've got that, though, I guess there are two subsequent phases to that. One is really strategic adoption. You want to make sure you establish a center of excellence within your own enterprise, which allows you to take this rich data and make it available to the teams that need it. Um, we call that the strategic adoption phase. And then finally, you end up at the intelligent enterprise, where ideally contextual decisions are at the heart of every decision you make. You know, there should be no decision in an enterprise that is not made better by understanding who the customer is and who they relate to. So contextual decisions really underpin what we call the intelligent enterprise. There we go. That's our perfect soundbite to end on. So, Jamie, thank you very much for coming on, walking us through the report and uh, giving some fantastic advice. Always great chatting with you. Uh, thanks very much, Max. Much appreciated. And uh, hopefully speak next year. We will indeed. Thank you very much, Jamie. And uh, thank you everyone who took the time to listen to this episode. We hope you took a lot away from it. If you are looking for more information on the report or obviously how Context can help you, then head on over to contexta.com forward slash contexta hyphen two. That's contexta.com forward slash contexta hyphen two. 
We'll be back next week, of course, with another episode in the podcast series. In the meantime, you could subscribe on all major platforms. Continue the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And of course, for more great daily content, head on over to EM360Tech.com.